It's in the way. All right. The actual cool. recording is higher quality. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you, computer. Uh, do you want me to start off? I guess we didn't say that. Do you want me to like kick it off? Or? Yeah. All right. I'm going to cool. do like I am so-and-so and I am so-and-so. Yeah, sure. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What the Heck's Going On in Temecula. Uh, I'm your host, Dallas McLaughlin. And I'm Jeff Peck. And we are here to try to explain to you as best as we possibly can what the heck is going on in Temecula. Because there seems to be a whole lot happening in this sleepy little rancher town. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yeah, it just never seems to stop when it comes to local politics and... uh the schemes and machinations of some of the elected officials that are currently seated Uh, for a town that has to, you know, I mean, like, listen, we just districted out the city council, what two elections ago. And all of a sudden we're now in this hotbed of politics and uh, conservative values versus the liberals. It's, it's where all all the people are on OANN and all those other networks, all of a sudden, like we are like the center of, ire for so many different groups it's kind of kind of amazing and at the same time really really embarrassing (laughs) it's it's really troubling i mean i I go back to you know zach schwank's uh campaign motto which was make temecula boring again Hmm. it's also applicable to you know what we're doing as a political action committee in one temecula valley pack um and we're dealing with local government issues that are incredibly should be b- incredibly boring. Stoplights, speed bumps, budgets, uh, parks, renovations, weed abatement. Um, but unfortunately, at the city council level, um, we have city council members who want to make their seat a political punditry seat and uh, just causing all sorts of chaos and division within the community that just simply shouldn't be there by the definitions of what local governance is supposed to be. And then we have the school board. So we have a school board that is coming and just run roughshod over the district and from day one has created chaos and division and instability in, in our school district. And it's just, uh, you know, that that is even a, a more troubling thing long term. Um, I like to say that um, a failed school district is a failed community. Mm-hmm. Um, because the school district really does drive a lot of the economy, especially our economy, a bedroom community that um, where people live here and work somewhere else and um, but move here for the schools. And if that stops being the case, what does it look like for our housing prices and our economy in general? Uh, biz dev, all these things come into play. So it's incredibly yeah. important for something that should be simple. Right. And simple yeah. and should have a simple service um, atmosphere. But it, it it's clearly not that way. Well, to your point, I mean, I thought for I thought the biggest issue in our city for a long time was going to be the uh, implement, implementing roundabouts into <laughs> into off certain streets. I thought people were going to lose their minds over that. And uh, no, no, that wasn't the biggest thing. All of a sudden we were, we were almost a haven for um, abortion rights. We were going to be a sanctuary city. I mean, all of this stuff just kind of went overboard 
And as you mentioned, trickles down now to the school board, the acts of kind of the extremists that are on the city council that, that got there and started making waves, trickling down to the school board. And to your other point, I am a parent of kids in school and I would say 85% of the reason that we moved to Temecula six years ago was for the school district. I mean, that's why, you know, that was the biggest reason why we came up here. Other than housing prices, we were in San Diego and, you know, paying a a ton of money and rent. And we had some friends moved up here and they were like, you got to come check out Temecula. And as somebody from San Diego, I was like, Temecula, are you sure? You sure about that? Temecula? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we came up here and it was way different than when I was a kid. You know, the old town district was uh, really fun, really awesome. A lot of breweries up here and I love beer. So it all, you know, and then every, you know, it was just a nice community. And on top of that, we had kids. School district was the number one school district in, in the county, at, you know, six years ago. Right. And so why not? Why wouldn't we move up here? And, and we are not alone in that. There are, if not hundreds of families over the last six years that have done just that, moved up here for the schools to raise their family in a good school district, to raise their family in a good community. And it seems like those six years uh, have have seen a lot in the realm of politics, obviously. We moved in a, about a month before the uh, first Trump election. And, uh, and that was quite an eye-opener for us after Trump got elected. Um, and I think we can get into that and how that kind of played out here and in the city first, but like, there is a lot happening right now in Temecula when it comes to the school board. One huge thing that we have seen just happen recently is this, you, you called it email gate. And I love, I love that term for it. Email gate is, is, it's all over the place now. You can't find, you can't get on one of the social media sites without seeing this email that was not sent, Jeff. It was not sent by Kamraski. You can't prove it. You right. can't prove it. It wasn't him. So the time, the timeline of this is the the email went out at seven o two in the morning. Apparently, came from an, an email address that had a myyahoo.com account, but it had it was prefaced by Doctor K, Doctor K for whatever. And it went out, and and we as a pack looked at it, and we saw several issues with it, and we didn't, you know, we weren't sure that he released it, but it had several troubling things that 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 were part of the components. One was which that it went to school staff. It didn't just go out to random people; it went out to school staff, um, <clears throat> which begs the question, you know, how did people acquire those email addresses. And then we understand you can get a lot of email addresses off of a school website. Um, you can get a lot of email address, but there were classified people that got the email. There were people that are off some of the sites that are in Kamarovsky's district that got the email. But really, a lot of the things that were included in the email, besides being sloppily written and, and sort of silly at times, um, where all of the policy things were pretty much aligned with what Komarovsky has stood for over the course of the past nine months. Um, so we, you know, of course we published that and we pointed out all the issues, including the Brown Act violations, the misuse of district resources in order to campaign. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. Like you, if you're a school board member, you can't campaign for your reelection or campaign against a recall, which is what we're doing right now. Um, we're out knocking on doors trying to recall these people, and you can't use district resources to do that. Now, 
we've heard the other side come back and go, well, people were stuffing mailboxes during the last election and oh boy, you know, they were up they were against us from the beginning and blah blah blah. So they're making excuses, but and then last night, um in an email that was clearly written by Dr. Komrowski, um, was sent by Jimmy Evans, who is a PIO comms person for the district, um, had no intro. It had no um, contact information for anybody. It was just Dr. Komrowski says he doesn't send it, and that's it. Um, and, and for us, you know, people were saying, well, the district said. No, the district didn't say. The district put out a <laughs> statement on behalf of Komrowski that was forced. Yeah, somebody else to do it in order to give it legitimacy. So we're going to we're going to wait and see and and see what, how it turns out to be and they have a meeting on October 11th and some of the things in the meeting included, you know, denying compensation for TVEA president Edgar Gonzalez mm-hmm. um, which they can't even do at this point. Um, but if all the things in the email align with all of the things that Dr. Komrowski is going to try to do on Tuesday, it's going to give us a little bit more information as to what the what the original email was about. So it's it's kind of a silly situation. It's 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 not the most important thing in the world. Obviously, we're we're trying to recall people, and we have a very very good case for that. Well, without- I think I, I, I think you, you said it's not the most important thing in the world, and obviously it's not. But I do think for a lot of people in this community, it is more important than we might be giving it credit because the mental gymnastics that we all have to do every time these three board members do anything is, is laughable. I mean, it is, we, we've joked about it a lot. It's like the circus is coming to town and and that's almost what it is. It's so we have, we have to assume just this email thing alone. We, we have to assume as residents of the community that even though it came from an email for Dr. K, Dr. K didn't send it. It was written in the first person, but it wasn't Dr. K. And all of it, like you said, all the things in that email align with Dr. K's beliefs, but it wasn't Dr. K. And he wasn't writing it as a board member. He was writing it as a concerned parent, but it did come from the district, but it didn't come from the district. Like, it's just everything falls on top of each other. And that seems to be par for the course with every single thing that these people do. And my favorite part about that email is I I don't know if I didn't get it. So I didn't know if it linked directly to the podcast they're referencing, but they, they go to great lengths to reference this podcast episode with Danny Gonzalez, the board member, Danny Gonzalez, where on the podcast, he calls the people who believe in the recall, who are pushing for the recall. He calls them fools. And later on, says that anybody who talks to him but doesn't listen to him is basically swine. And you can say all day long, that well, taking out context, well, what context are you putting it in? Because I've listened to it. And the context for me is he goes to great lengths to tell people who are pushing for the recall that they're fools, that they don't know what they're doing, that it's laughable, that all on and on and on, and they can have their little signs and dance around. I mean, he just goes and belittles half of the community, if yeah. not more at this point. And that email is pushing for people to listen to it. Please listen to this in context. You really want the teachers to listen to that in context? Like it's, it's mind blowing. And that's, that's the troublesome part about that. Like we're, we're word people. Um, words matter, right? So when you yeah. use a phrase like that and you just say, 
And you're using it to say, I don't want to have discussions with people who are not worth my time, right? You, you could say that, or they're not going to listen, or they're not going to this, but that's not the phrase he chose. Mm-mm. He chose a phrase that refers to people as swine, casting my pearls among swine, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, that when we, we put out a video that had sound bites from that podcast that were troubling, including... And that's what they are. They're sound bites. That's how you do this. Yes. <laughs> when you convey troubling things in a political atmosphere, um, you put out sound bites and you say, well, this is troubling and this is troubling and this is troubling. And that's what we did. And so in or out of context, and we later then put the whole quote in context and it doesn't change a thing. Not a thing. It actually <laughs> reinforces the, the issue that we have with a lot of these school board members at its core. He says, you know, if these, if I don't, I, I don't want to talk to people who don't want to listen. I want to talk to people who want to listen. And what he doesn't fundamentally understand, and none of them do, their job is to listen to the stakeholders in the community, the voters, the people that are actually working within the school district, the admin staff that have had decades of experience running an award-winning school district. They don't listen to them. They don't them into consideration they're going to do what they're going to do and they want people to listen to them that's authoritarian that's not local governance that's not good government you know that's that's the crux of the issue you have three elected officials that are using their seats as a pulpit as a throne and um as a social media platform i guess to refer to all three of them Hmm. And they're not listening to the constituents. They're not listening to the people. They're not listening to the staff. They're not listening to the admin. And 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 that, you know, we'll, and we'll go into that a little bit more. I guess we we can do that now. You know, we believe that these three are adhering to a national policy, a national political policy, which is intended to defund and dismantle public education. Mm-hmm. They want to burn this district to the ground. And what they're hoping for is that the next district will burn to the ground and the next district will burn to the ground. And that'll, that'll turn into a forest fire throughout the state for reform, right? Our argument is you're using our district in order to fight Sacramento, right? So you've weaponized TVUSD because you don't like the policies in Sacramento. And we can break those down issue by issue as we go here, but Essentially, that's what they're doing. Well, and and let me ask you this, Jeff. And I, I don't I don't want to get too deep into the recall at right at this point yet. But I do want to say this is the biggest question I get from talking to neighbors, from you know being on social media in in Temecula. Why? Why do they want to do this? Why do they want to defund the district? That's the biggest question, and and it's a fair question because on the surface. It doesn't make sense to a logical person who looks at the school district and sees the award-winning school district, knows that it's one of the best in the county, has no idea that there's any kind of a problem because there really isn't any problem. So their big question, why do they want to defund the district? And and I, I would love your take on it and kind of your opinion on what their end goal here is. Why burn it to the ground? Why do they want to burn down the school district, Right. Why? These seats are nonpartisan seats. When they're voted for, it doesn't say Republican or Democrat next to them, right? Mm -hmm. They can campaign on having conservative values. 
And historically in this town, it has, we've had people that have had conservative values in those seats. And yet we still haven't seen this, right? Yeah. We have a, probably a majority conservative board right now. There are probably uh, at least one of the other board members besides the three is conservative to moderate, right? Mm-hmm. So the intent is for those seats to be nonpartisan on purpose. If somebody comes in with a partisan, politically partisan agenda, um, and that's what they've done. They've showed up with one with an agenda straight from Moms for Liberty, straight from the Seven Mountains Mandate, General Flynn, all of those people that are talking about, we need to take this country back and we're going to do it by starting at the school boards, right? So it has nothing to do with Temecula Valley Unified School District. It has nothing to do with identifying a problem that they've seen in a classroom. Because to be honest, from day one, they started making policy changes and never set foot on a campus. They don't, they don't even know the teachers' names. They don't know what they look like. And we're talking about three people, Jennifer Wiersma, uh, Komrovsky, and Danny Gonzalez, that Komrovsky doesn't have a kid in the school district. Homeschools his kid. Uh, Wiersma has no more kids in the school district. They've all graduated out. And Danny Gonzalez has lived here for about three and a half years. So you have three people that are coming in and making sweeping changes to a district that has been wildly successful, mm. having no real experience. Like Weersma has no complaints about her kids' time during school. Um, her kids, by all accounts, are conservative in nature. They hadn't been indoctrinated by the liberal left while they <laughs> traveled all through TVUSD. Somehow they came out unscathed. Somehow. By this indoctrination. And, and, uh, Konrowski won't even put his kid in the school district. And Gonzalez has had two to three years of experience there. So you have people that have no idea about the value of this school district, but they were um, motivated by masking in COVID. Mm-hmm. And they latched onto this ideology that is political in nature. And they want to, and the, the idea is to take these school districts into a voucher program. And we can talk about voucher programs and how they go back to the Jim Crow era and have were based in segregation. <laughs> well, I know. I think I think that is important. Is is you know the voucher program and, and what that end goal is? Um, because, like I said, most people don't get it. They don't understand it. Because, like you just mentioned, Jin's kids went to school here, and they they turned out not you know they they're not furries. They didn't come out of high school as furries, like they want you to believe is going to happen. So. There, there is all these anecdotal stories and, and issues happening and nobody seems to know what's really going on and why do they want to defund the school district? They want vouchers. And uh, what is the benefit to them for, 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 the, for the school system to change to a voucher system? I don't think they know. I, I don't think... <laughs> I, don't, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I do not think they think they're part of something bigger. I mm. think they're, they think they're taking ideas from places like quote unquote, thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and, and, and realizing they're taking ideas from groups like moms for Liberty and saying, well, we can apply that here. That's a great idea. That's mm. not thinking outside the box. That's following the playbook. And when you do things strategically, like banning CRT on night one, um, and obviously we'll cover what all of that go, all went into that and the, the expenditures that came out of that just yeah. 
Um, when you take all of those things into account and you start seeing these things line up, right? Orange County, what do they do? Ban CRT night one, fire their superintendent. Well, they, we tried to fire our superintendent in the first month. They just didn't have the votes to do it. And eventually they got around to doing it. They took an award-winning, well-respected superintendent and fired them for no reason. And now they're making up an incredible amount of just basically slander on these pot on this other podcast yeah. that is going to end up costing us more money in a wrongful termination suit that Jody McClay is likely going to file within weeks. Yeah. I can't speak for her, but if she didn't file a, a wrongful termination suit, it would be a huge mistake. Um, and so really at the crux of all of these issues, all of these things that you're doing, banning CRT and um, having students sue the district for denying them civil rights and access to education um, are ultimately costing us millions and millions of dollars. The taxpayer. And that, and when you're saying us, I want to really make that clear for anyone listening. Us means us, the taxpayers it, in the city. And it doesn't matter if you have kids in school or not, you still pay it. Yep. So you still pay those taxes. You're paying for kids uh, extracurricular activities, football programs, band programs, all of those, like everything that goes into running in a school. Whether you have kids or not, you have a dog in this fight. And that's the important thing to talk about. So let's, you know, I know one of the things we wanted to talk about on this episode, I mean, there's so much to cover and I, and we should, we can definitely get to the CRT thing on a different episode because I'll, I'll probably lose my mind enough on that. But to, <laughs> To just kind of give some context, because I really enjoy that that's <clears throat> what we've been doing a little bit here, is trying to just give some context to people who might be hearing this podcast and want the other side. Maybe they are conservative. Maybe they do lean right a little bit. They're moderates. And they just aren't hearing the full picture. All they're seeing is the loudness on social media. Or they don't follow the pack or follow somebody that, that is for the recall. Jeff, you've been here for a long time in Temecula. 200, 300 years. What do you say, what, what do you think is the reason, like, how did we get here? How did we get to this point? Obviously, I know Trump plays a big role in this for everybody, just giving people that kind of confidence to speak out on whatever crazy thing you have to say. But in Temecula specifically, because like I said, six years ago, we moved here for Sleepy Town Temecula with the great school district. And you've been involved in this for a while. You've, you've been a part of this uh, city you know a lot of the, the leaders in this city very well. How did we get to this point where we have extremists who are taking over the school board and extremists on the city council who are desperately trying to take that over too? Um, yeah, I saw this coming. I was a journalist for 25 years. So I have sat in my share of school board meetings, water board meetings, uh, city council meetings. Um, and toward, uh, until about, I'd say, three years, two years ago, I worked for Valley News locally and Valley News and I covered a lot of different things. So I, it was sort of like a general news thing. I also ran the website and I came, came back to try to make the Valley News a viable source of information because um, when I had worked at the, at the Californian, um, they, they shut down the Californian. So that was a daily newspaper here. And then all there was, was the press enterprise and the press enterprise just wasn't doing a good enough job. <clears throat> in supplying local residents with the things that are important. You know, they would they'd come out for events and things like that. So I, 
I went back to the Valley News and I said, How, you know, I want to be able to help. I want to be a part of this. Let's let's try to make this great. And uh, got involved. And unfortunately, the publisher became radicalized around 2016 and, uh, you know, just sort of started publishing all sorts of uh, fringe and conspiracy theories, conspiracy theory stories in the paper. And I became involved in, in trying to write stories that would balance that out just for some journalistic integrity for the paper as a whole. Um, but one of the stories I was covering and I was sitting here at night one time and I saw that um, Mayor Mike Nagar, I think it was in 2018, 2019, uh, he decided he was going to put up a resolution that was um, condemning socialism and communism. And mm. the idea was that, you know, we as a free nation and blah, 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 we should condemn these things. And they and at the time, um, you may recall that Bernie Sanders was a, almost a front runner at that time in the election who identifies more toward the socialist platform. So sure. you had a sitting mayor who was putting forth a politically partisan at that point, because Bernie Sanders is the democratic front runner, um, politically partisan statement that speaks for all of Temecula, that all of Temecula doesn't believe in the merits of socialism or communism on any level. <clears throat> uh, Matt Ron signed on to it. And I wrote a story saying this is what they're going to put up at Tuesday's board meeting and, um, you know, just displayed the information. Um, a lot of people showed up that night. I actually had a conversation with some of the players during that day, and they said, how's it going to go? And I said, not great. Hmm. Because, once again, this was a politically partisan stance being pushed from the dais where it doesn't belong. It doesn't, no different than saying, hey, I'm a... I'm a Democrat and I want to ban guns in Temecula. Well, you can't. You just, yeah. you just can't do it. And not only that, you shouldn't. It has no place there. Yeah. So that ended up getting, you know, I believe Marianne just said, you know, we need to throw this in the garbage can and and this just put it aside. It just doesn't belong here. And she was right. And so really at that point I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're starting to see these sort of national political party um schemes basically leaking into local governments and it's only going to get worse and once the ie family pack launched and they decided they wanted to quote unquote take back the public square i mean i don't know who owns the public square but we're in community i don't know which public square they're talking about but anybody's allowed to go anywhere they want and i don't have to ask anybody's permission yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. there's no owner it's called the public square because the public as a whole owns it so they wanted to take back the public square and they were running some people on some very troubling, you know, rhetoric, you know, some anti-LGBTQ issues, which, you know, fine. You, you have those, you have those things, fine. It's a political stance, but these were troubling things that we just knew weren't true, right? We were hearing a lot of the rhetoric that was coming out of their mouth. A lot of this sort of rhetorical parental rights, parental rights, parental rights, right? And, at the time when they were running these campaigns, our, our, our local elections have never been tumultuous, right? I mean, people had to, incumbents for the most part, just had to roll their name out there and they could get reelected if they were pretty well known. And you had these people coming in and attacking, attacking these incumbents, saying that they signed off on 
making kids wear masks in schools, which never happened. Nope. They didn't they didn't push back against the state enough, which you can't. I mean yeah. this just they have they they were throwing out these buzz buzzword things that were really starting to garner a lot of attention and, and, and so I started getting a little bit worried <clears throat> that our incumbents weren't doing enough. Um, and that we had no other avenue to push back against this sort of machine that was happening, and 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 they got elected. So, um, you know, it, it happened really quickly. But you can look back over the timeline of Jessica Alexander's time on the board, and there's just been repeated attempts for her to put her personal, religious, or political beliefs onto the dais and force that onto the entire community. And, and that's not what we're not what they're there to do. That's not what service is. It's not to serve yourself. And I think that that's a, it's an important marker for the for a lot of people in this community. You know, Jeff and I, you and I have talked to you know over the last year, and you know, I'm I'm a very I'm a moderate. I'm a staunch moderate, and always have been, really, and always probably will be. And you know, for some people, that's a bad word, and that's fine, but. I think that there's a lot of people in this community who do follow that, you know, who are moderates, who maybe lean a little bit one way or the other. And that's fine. I mean, like you said, you have certain beliefs. It's fine. If you don't like, you know, the LGBT community, that's your belief. And as an American, as, as we live in America, you're allowed to believe that. Whether I think it's right or wrong, these are all personal beliefs. And that's when, for me, it gets tricky and, and what mobilized me is that moment that you're speaking about where these beliefs now have started to trickle into school boards and city councils where now it's like, well, now we're going to make these official proclamations and we're going to try to make this official rules and we're going to, you can't use this book anymore. Like, you know, that's when it starts. Okay. Well, these are no longer personal beliefs. These are now your beliefs that you are encroaching upon everybody that you are making them follow because that's what you believe is true. There are going to be people in Temecula who are fine with that. And that's, you know, and, and, and I get that. That's okay that you are fine with that. I, I don't hate them for that. What I fail to see the logic in is how they dealt, the thing that they railed against, like you mentioned, masks, government overreach. Like you didn't fight back against the government. Now they are the government and they are overreaching. Absolutely. And the, Absolutely. the fact that there's no irony in that for them is mind-blowing and so that's the part where it's like, okay, well, we need to temper this. We need to make, and, and that's why I believe in the recall. You know, that's why I'm pushing for the recall. I know you have a, uh, you know, the good governance versus bad governance is, is the end all be all for you. And, and it's a perfect stance. And I'm of the same thing. It's just for me, it's like, listen, we were here now. Somehow we got here. Somehow the, the people, you know, the social media let people be free to talk and say whatever they wanted to say and, and hurt people however they wanted to hurt them uh, or love them, whatever. And now we have these anecdotal stories flying around that, like you mentioned, uh, my kid was in the school when during the COVID stuff. And, and, you know, I heard all day, well, she can't do anything. She's, she has to sit at her desk and she can't move. And you know, I heard all the crazy stories and I'm like, who are you talking to? Have you talked to your kids? Have any of you actually sat down and talked to your kids? Because it seems like you haven't. It seems like you're just talking to people on Facebook and passing along these fake stories. And then it gets worse and worse. And we've done a total reversal now where these people who hated the government, hated the overreach, are now, you know, wanted parental rights, 
stop indoctrinating our kids with your left liberal bias. Well, now we've done a 180 there on the board. They're taking away parental rights. They're indoctrinating kids with their conservative beliefs. It, it is fascinating to me. And that's you know the, my biggest push for this recall and why I think it's necessary is not only to make Temecula boring again, just make Temecula logical again is all I really want to push for here. And uh, I'd love for you to speak to, to good governance versus bad governance and kind of the role the PAC is playing in that. Well, I think, I mean, all of this is confusing, right? And yeah. and that's the point. And I think that's that's kind of what you have to do when you talk about how is this happening? How did this come to this point? Or how are we so confused about the issues? Who to believe, right? We have to remember where we started. Where this school district started last December when they were sworn in was award-winning, well-respected, basically a lighthouse for the county between mm-hmm. Temecula Valley and Marietta Valley. We, you couldn't find better public school districts. And all they ever did was have our, our people, our staff, our teachers, our administrators, they all got awards from the county, from the state, from organizations. Like we started here, right? Yeah. So is there anything in this idea of parental rights or indoctrination that they've added to benefit or to build upon that success? The answer is no. You know, when you talk about these indoctrination things and, and, and parental rights, when you take away a book from a parent, from a from a, a, a library, right? And in Temecula Valley Unified School District, there are twenty seven thousand kids, and let's let's estimate that at fifteen thousand parents. Okay, you take away one book, no matter how you feel about what is included in that book. For instance, I hate the I hate the Raiders. I don't even have a football team at this point, but I hate the Raiders. And so I would never want my kid to ever read a book about the Raiders, right? Yeah. And I I decide I don't want those books in there anymore. I hate the Raiders. I don't like it. I'm in the position to do it. I'll do it. I take it away. And so none of those kids, none of those families, which sadly probably include a lot of Raiders fans. um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I have to get that dig in. Uh, That's all right. None of those kids will have the opportunity to read that book. Now, what have I added? I've nothing. I've added nothing of value. So right now, I mean, with all these policies and all this quibbling over social studies books, which I don't, still don't think all the schools have their social studies programs in set. Uh, banning CRT, banning all these these issues that happen week after week after week. They've added nothing zero of value. And I think that is the the goal, right? I mean, you can come work at a successful, you you join a winning team. You don't start taking things away from it and then saying, well, I'm making us better. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, another big issue is today, obviously, is the COLA, the cost of living for teachers, staff, and admin. Um, and our stance of this right now, and I think we should get this in, mm-hmm. is... It is absolutely, they decided they were going to abstain from the vote with Danny Gonzalez again missing from a school board meeting, abstained from the vote and did not pass the cost of living increase that was negotiated in good faith between the district, admin, and uh, the, t- the teachers union. And I believe we, I think we as a group pretty much know that it was done in ret- retribution for TVEA's 
support for the recall. Um, you know, well, that's the only logical thing, Jeff. I don't mean to cut you off there, but but that is, I mean, for people to not see that is is um, it boggles my mind. The, the, nice. you know, yeah. yeah, the teachers, the teachers association comes out in support of the recall. The very next, almost it was the very next school board meeting. Mm-hmm. This is on the agenda, and it gets denied by the school board. And I mean, they've even alluded to this so far. Like, what, what do they say that these teachers need to get in line? Was that yeah? Some of the some of the supporter groups online have, you know, posted pretty much they need to get in line and and then they'll get their cost of living increase. I mean. Yeah. The, we're not even talking about a raise here. We're talking about a cost of living increase. Exactly. To gas to drive to school to teach your children. Like, so, yeah, I mean, and that begs the question even for me is, is so that means if you support these people, like, I mean, it's just as simple as this. If you support these three, if you are against this recall and you support these three, then you support them treating the teachers like shit. Yeah, basically. That's what you do. Yeah. I mean, they, they, there's no way around it. They have said as much like it, if you would if you adhere to this national policy, right? This Moms for Liberty, um, you know, Seven Mountains mandate thing, the teachers are the enemy. And that I mean, they've said it point blank that they feel as though everybody within the district is against them. And it's again, I go back to what do you have to offer that benefits the school district? However, if you think teachers are the problem, we're in an impasse. Yeah. And I, and I would say to people, and I say this to people every day, I had five kids that went through the school district, right? Um, did I have, the, did I love every teacher that they had? No. I mean, there's some I was like, eh, they were okay. The kid, the kid did okay that year. Sure. In that grade. I get it. That's fine. But you have to, have to ask yourself as a voter, as somebody who had kids that went through the district or currently does, are the teachers the problem? And all of these wild conspiracy theories that you're hearing about teachers doing the kids and saying to kids, did you have any experience with that? Ask your children in the 12 years that my kids went to school, the three of them, and then two more, I had never heard of, you know, you, you hear about this, the, the, the cat box in the bathroom, and <laughs> yeah. those wild things that Komarovsky made first person. Um, those, those crazy things. Has that ever happened? Have you ever heard that? And and the, that third, second, third, fourth grade teacher that that Mrs. Skinner that all my kids had in third grade at Jackson Elementary. Um, when did she start talking about anal sex? Because it wasn't happening when my kids were there, and I wonder when that light bulb went off for her, and she decided I have to teach kids about anal sex. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. So we the teacher supporting. The recall is because those are the things being put forth by this board. The mm-hmm. teachers are out there saying these things and they have to defend themselves one way or the other, because just like anybody that would attack you at the, the, uh, your job, you would want to protect. This is something you've given your life to. So you would want to speak up for yourself yeah. and say, these are lies. These are lies done for political gain, period. Well, and I, you know, the the funny thing about that, I mean, it's not funny at all, actually. The the, the kitty litter story, um, I, you know, the end result of that is there is a lot of people who have done investigations into this because it became such a rampant thing. You know, everybody had their firsthand account 
of kids dressed as cats going to the bathroom in classrooms. Yet in the age of social media, not one person decided to ever film it and put it online, right? No kid ever decided to pull out a camera right, and right. film this happening. That's somehow never happened. But the other part of that is that in this investigations, they did find one school that had kitty litter in their closets, in their classrooms. And that school was Columbine. And the reason they do it is if they're on lockdown for too long and the kids have to use the restroom. Right. So if you want that story just over and over again, does that make you feel good? Huh? Does it make you feel good that that's where there's kitty litter? It's awful. And these people are trying to use that for some weird anecdote that has never happened. Uh, right. it, it, it is crazy to me. And, and that, uh, I mean, to your point of political gain, they are using, like you mentioned earlier, that playbook that has been passed down by Bannon and General Flynn. They've, they've handed down this. And I know this sounds very conspiratorial, but it's not. You can literally just watch their videos of them talking. It's, there's no conspiracy here. This is what they've charged uh, you know, the hard right to do is take over these school boards. And this is how you do it. These are the buzzwords. These are the headlines to throw at people and get people talking about. It's the same everywhere. And that's why we know it's all bull because it is the same every, not everybody at every school is having the same experience, can have the same experience. It's, it's asinine. Well, we can, and, we can get into the psychology of that, right? Just the idea that everybody at every school has the same experience, right? Yeah. What can we, what can we take that to? Well, systemic racism doesn't exist because I didn't experience it. Yeah, or exactly. racism doesn't exist because I didn't experience it, right? Yeah, I never had it the same mindset. Yeah. It's, it's the exact same mindset. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they are fighting. I mean, like I said, they are, and like you mentioned, this isn't, this isn't even about, really, this isn't even about our school board for them. This is, a, or our school district for them. This is about fighting Sacramento. This is about them going on TV, getting to be on TV. This is for, so Jen can be, you know, and listen, I'm an actor. I'm, I'm a professional actor. It's one of the things that I spent my whole life doing. I'm happy to do it. And I know people like Jen. I've always known people like Jen who have wanted to desperately try to do that. And I, and I'm never going to fault her or make fun of her for that ever, because that's people fight for that and they want it and they fight it. And it's your dream on and on. But this is how she's achieving achieving that dream. She is getting her chance in the sun by being somebody up on that dais who is saying crazy things. She gets to have her followers on Instagram. She gets to be a social influencer. She gets to be on Newsmax and all those other crazy. She gets to be the famous Jen that she always wanted to be. And this is how she's achieving it. And to your point, I don't think that she realizes that she's a pawn in the bigger game. I think she is happy to just have her face plastered everywhere that's possible and that is her end goal here. And if she can keep that going, fantastic. I mean, I've seen it my whole, you know, I, I've just seen those people my whole life, especially working in social media. Like this is, this is her bread and butter and she has never been happier. And these other guys are using it, you know, who knows what Danny Gonzalez, I mean, I can't figure that guy out, but Kamarowski is also, he obviously wants higher political office. I mean, this isn't the first stop. I mean, this is the first stop for him. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. It's just kind of crazy to me that they are, like you said, toying with our district, toying with our kids and our and, and our families for their own personal success. Well, and I think, you know, to your point as far as what, what Jen's about, right? And I, I agree, I think, on a lot of those points. But it's important to point out sort of the hypocrisies that go along with that, right? So you talk about uh, every week and you hear this board talk about teacher activists, for instance. That's a big mm, one. Teacher All these activists, teachers, yeah. 
We don't want these teachers that are activists. Meanwhile, this weekend or next weekend, Jen is going to speak at a conference for school board activism. <laughs> but the, the, the irony in that is incredible because you have somebody that's like, oh, you want school board activists, but teachers can't be activists for their own profession. They can't stand up and say, yeah. I listen, what you're saying about the way I teach history or math or social studies or PE is, is false. It's just made up nonsense. And they can't go and support a recall that will remove somebody who would spread lies and speak so poorly about what is, you know, essentially one of the highest, highest respected professions in our country. You know, I mean, people that talk about the thin blue line and the police and, and the heroes that they are, well, who spends more time with your kids um, helping mold them into the people that they've they become? And we have a lot of people in this town that will give a tremendous amount of credit to the school district for turning their kids into great people. I've got, I can say that five times over. And uh, we have kids of, of all different shapes and sizes and interests and values and all of those things. And they all came from one high school. So, um, you know, I, I look at this entire scenario and I look at Danny and I look at uh, of Komorowski and this isn't personal, right? You can, I can, you can choose to feel the way you feel about them personality wise. And I'm sure they have feelings about me, oh, about yeah. what my motivation is for too, but it's not about that. It really isn't about that. I just need this to stop. We need this as a community to stop this school district gets set on fire in hopes of setting a, the whole state on fire. We're the ones that are going to suffer period. Uh, we're going to, our housing prices are going to suffer. Um, you know, the millions of dollars that they're sucking away from our kids to pay for their, their um, politically motivated law firms that they hire and pay for their buddies in the PR um, sphere to, to, to come on board. You know, these things are going to hurt our community long-term and that's, it's just the way it works, and you can look at a thousand examples of that long term. So, I hope yeah. people will realize what's happening and and really ask themselves a question. You know, if they've had experience with the school district, what's their experience been? Yeah, what's it been? And then really make a decision on on what you should believe because we are happy to sh put teachers in front of you and put whoever you want in front of you to tell you what it's like day to day. So. That's the biggest thing. What, you know, when you sit back, what is your experience? And then talk to your kids. <laughs> talk to yeah. your kids. Right. Don't, yeah, just, I mean... don't just assume that something's happening because it's happening. I talk to my daughter every single day when she comes home because I do want to know, hey, how did it go? What happened? You know, just and if, if some teacher was talking to her about uh, homosexuals or something, she would say something to me because why wouldn't she? You know, it's, it is, uh, it is one of those things where as a parent, we do have a duty to know what's happening and be involved, but, uh, we also don't have a duty to just continue the lie and hurt other parents by doing so. Right. And it's important. I mean, really the things that, that Bob down the street, who's in his seventies and hasn't had experience within the local school district or this school district at all in 30 years has no idea what's happening in TVUSD. So him yeah. walking down and telling you all the horrible, crazy stuff that's happening in schools, 
is coming from one place, and we know where that is, and that's okay. So, you know, we just, as an organization, and I will plug this, if you're interested in learning about more of the, the nuts and bolts about why we want to recall these three and how we're doing it, we have recall, recallall3.org is our main website. You can volunteer there. You can learn. You can pull off sheets. You can print flyers. If you want to hmm. understand fundamentally what we're doing here, because again, this isn't personal. It's like, I don't like this guy. I've only seen most of them once in public ever. I don't know anything about them personally. I just believe their policies are going to destroy the school district. And ultimately it's going to have long-term effects on our city. And we have to stop that. And recalling them right now is the only way to do that. Well, that seems like a great place to end it. Uh, Thanks. If you're listening, we appreciate you listening. And like Jeff said, if you have questions, recallall3.org is the perfect place to check it out. If you're on social media, uh, follow along with One Temecula Pack on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And I think that's it. You don't have a TikTok. Is there a TikTok? Yeah, we have a TikTok um, TikTok. for One Temecula Valley Pack. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for One Temecula Valley Pack, and Recall All Three on Instagram and Facebook. Um, oh, that's right. We, they, we just started the yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Too, so, um, yeah, you know. follow along and get informed. And you know, even if you're confused, even if you're down the middle, at least get facts from both sides. Send I mean, me an that's, email. That's really all we ask. Yeah, uh, send me an email. I will. I will put you with the teacher. I'll put you with the principal. I'll put you with myself or anybody you want to speak with to give you a better perspective or or, or truer perspective of what's happening. So. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, next time we talk, hopefully we can talk. I'd love to talk a little bit more about some of these crazy conspiracies they've floated and some of the rules they've already made and why those rules are a little insane. Can't wait. Can't wait. You got to love everybody tonight.